If I take this microphone out here, is it going to yell at me? Be all right? Okay. So I, I have a question, and kids or adults can answer this. Um, what are you afraid of? Change. change in talking in front of people, right? <laughs> what are you afraid of? Being alone. Being alone. That's a good one. Anybody else? What are you afraid of? I am afraid of roller coasters. Roller coasters? Yeah. Anybody else? What are you afraid of? This could be interesting. It's an Etzel boy. I'm afraid of bees. You're afraid of bees. Yeah. Anybody else? What are you afraid of? Growing up. Growing up. We got a Peter Pan in our midst. Not going to heaven when I die. Not going to heaven when you die. We'll have to talk about that later, Joy. <laughs> Anybody else? What are you afraid of? Yeah. Monsters. Monsters, yeah. Who's not afraid of monsters? Everybody is. Briggsy, what are you afraid of, man? Oh, you had your hand raised a second ago. Cheryl, what are you afraid of? Heights. Heights. All right, one more way over there. Why don't you yell it out? Not having God? You're afraid of ghosts, Evie? And not of, of not having God? Those are some good answers. All right, so would you sing this song with me? Can we switch it over? Ruth, does that work? Maybe you all will know it with me. It's a little town of Bethlehem. Think we can sing that maybe without the words? All right. see about him and his, his journey and what he learned about God during uh, this, which must have been a terribly scary season for him. But uh, all, all week I struggled with it, and then up through yesterday as I was finishing that sermon, I just didn't feel like it was, it was right. And so um, I feel like God has led me to preach this sermon from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation, of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? There are two different ways that we can respond to our fears. Uh, one way is to ignore them, to turn away from them, to pretend that there's nothing really to be frightened of, to turn away from the things that worry us or that make us anxious. The other way to respond to our fears is to face them. And as followers of Jesus, to face them knowing that he 
is with us. To see our fears clearly for what they are and to admit that they are real, that we really do face danger and pain and suffering in this life. And to remember that when we face those circumstances, that it's in those moments when we face those fears that God most clearly shows up in our life. That's when we will know most clearly that God is Emmanuel, God with us. He is God with us in our fear and our anxiety. When we are facing suffering and pain, he is there. In Psalm 27, David is afraid. He begins the whole psalm by reminding himself to not be afraid, but you only have to remind yourself to not be afraid when you're afraid, right? We don't know for certain when David wrote this psalm, but what is clear is that in this moment, David was facing circumstances in his life that were really terrible. David speaks in this psalm about the possibility of armies surrounding him um, on all sides. He speaks about his enemies destroying his reputation. He speaks about those that are closest to him, his mother and his father rejecting him. In this psalm, David is facing reality. In this psalm, David acknowledges that the very worst things that he can imagine, that they just might happen to him. Even though there's an army may surround him, even though his mother and father may forsake him, even though people will say false things about him and ruin his reputation, in those moments, he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Most of you in this room at one time or another, maybe even right now, have suffered great tragedy in your life. And if you haven't yet, most certainly you will someday. Pain and suffering are a part of human life. And David knew that very well. And he was coming to realize how these terrible his circumstances were. And he could have turned away from them. He could have ignored them. He could have pretended that they weren't there. And that may have made him feel better. But he wouldn't in that moment know that the Lord is his light and his salvation. David doesn't turn away from his pain, doesn't turn away from the things that he's struggling with. David names them. He names all of the bad things that could happen to him. He names what he is afraid of, and he gives each of them to God. He sets them all out almost in a list in this psalm. Bad guys with swords may come against me. People may tell lies about me. My parents may even reject me, but still I trust that the Lord is my light and my salvation. David's answer is that even those things, even though those things in his life are very real and they can frighten us, God is greater than our fears. He is our light and our salvation. All of us at one time or another have been afraid of the dark, right? Afraid of the dark. You? <laughs> Me too, buddy. We're two, way, two days away from celebrating Christmas, and have you, you ever considered that this Christmas season comes at the darkest time of the year? And aren't we glad that Christmas comes at the darkest time of the year? Otherwise, it would be a really hard and depressing time of year. 
The days are so short, it's cold, and it's dark. December would be really terrible without Christmas, but because of Christmas, December is, for many of us, the happiest time of year. If you remember in the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, who has read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Yeah, a lot of you. In that uh, book, at the very beginning, the fawn, Mr. Tumnus, tells Lucy that the white witch has cast a spell all over Narnia so that it is winter forever, but what? Never Christmas. Winter forever, never Christmas. And when Lucy hears that, she knows she's up against a pretty bad enemy. A white witch who would make it winter forever and never ever Christmas. December would be a hard month if it wasn't for Christmas. It comes at the darkest time of the year. And the time of the year when the days are the shortest and the nights are the longest. There is no command in Scripture that we should celebrate Christmas, but the early Christians chose to celebrate the birth of Jesus at the darkest time of the year in order to remember that Jesus Christ, the light of the world, has come into our darkness. In the book of Revelation, John writes to a group of Christians who are facing real evil, and they are afraid. And there in the book of Revelation, uh, John gives an image uh, of Jesus as the bright morning star. Jesus is called the bright morning star. The morning star is this star that appears in the sky only a few minutes, only during a few minutes at the darkest time of the night. And depending on the year, sometime between 2 a.m. and 3.30 a.m., this star appears in the sky for a few minutes. We can see it, and then it is gone. And that star is known as the morning star. And when the morning star appears, it is the darkest time of the night. When the morning star appears, it's a promise that the night is as dark as it's going to get, and that darkness is on its way out. The morning star is always there, right? It's always shining, but it only appears to us at the darkest moment of the night. Do you see why Jesus is called the bright morning star? And do you see why John would have given these Christians who were growing through a great deal of persecution and suffering, why John would have said to them in their pain and their suffering that Jesus is the bright morning star. Christ appears in our lives most clearly in those times when we are at our very darkest moment. And the promise is that when Jesus appears, when he truly shows up in that moment of pain and suffering, the promise is that the darkness is on its way out. The day is coming. The light is coming. The Lord is my light. Whom shall I, pe- whom shall I fear? Jesus Christ, the light has come. Oh, little town of Yeah.
stories in Matthew and Luke, there are these appearances of angels who come and they promise to Mary and to Joseph and to Zechariah and to shepherds that the Messiah is coming into the world. And when they appear, what do they say? Do not be afraid. Fear not. Zechariah, do not be afraid. Mary, do not be afraid. Shepherds, do not be afraid. Joseph, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. God is my light, Ryan. He is my light. Do not be afraid. The angels didn't say this because there was no darkness or because there was nothing to be afraid of. They said this because they came with good news. That Jesus the Messiah came into our fears and into our pain and into our suffering. The hopes and fears of all the years were met in him that night and they can be met for you today. As a follower of Jesus, we don't have to pretend that there's no darkness in our life. We don't have to pretend that there's nothing to be afraid of. You don't have to pretend that the darkness in our world or the darkness that you experience isn't real. Right now, this may be a particularly difficult time in your life. The Christmas season may be filled with all sorts of pain and disappointment and frustration. But it's in that pain and in that disappointment and in that frustration where we learn that the Lord is our light in our salvation. So we do not need to be afraid. Oh, little town Father in heaven, we thank you that you know each one of us. You know the things that we carry today, our anxieties, our fears, our worries, our disappointments. And we thank you, God, that you, you want to be the bright morning star for us today. Lord, I pray that in our, our darkness and fear that we would learn to turn to you, that we would seek you and that we would find you in that place. And we thank you that you will show yourself faithful to us. Lead us to a new way and to help us to not be afraid. Amen.